And if you guys notice, we didn't pray the Lord's Prayer. And so, because we are in the Lord's Prayer uh, as a part of the Sermon on the Mount, and, and we're going through it slowly, but I'm going to ask us to pray the Lord's Prayer together, and then we'll get into this, uh, this text and see what the Lord has for us in it. So please pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So a couple weeks ago, we were at a church in Salt Lake City, and they didn't take communion. And, and my kids were like, why didn't we take communion? Because at Grace and Mercy Church, we take it every week. And I said, I don't know why we didn't take communion at this church. Um, because all I can tell you is why we take it every week at our church. And so we actually asked the pastor why they don't take communion every week. And she said, because we don't want it to become something that is normalized to where we don't realize the significance of it. And I said, okay, perfect. That's, that's your example. Some people have the same idea with the Lord's Prayer. Is like they don't pray, they don't want to pray it every time or as a part of a liturgy because what happens is uh, we, we won't do a show of hands in here today, but how many of us have prayed the Lord's Prayer where it's just like our Father who art in heaven because you've prayed it so many times, right? I know I have, right? Or maybe there's times when it's like you've prayed it, but it's like I don't even know if this is real, if this is true or good. And so it's one of those things where we pray this over and over again, and we take communion every week, not because our heart's already there and our heart's going to be in it the whole time, but it is our hope and our prayer that as we pray this every week, that we allow it to work on our lives, that we actually soften our own hearts, that we, when we pray it and we're tempted to fall into the, just kind of it as repetition, we can actually get into it and go, no, I'm not going to pray this as repetition this time. I'm going to do let this work in and through my heart during this time. Or like for us, I'm not going to take communion just because that's what we're doing as a church. I'm actually going to let the Holy Spirit use this, this body and this uh, juice to represent Christ's broken body for us and his blood spilled for us. And I'm going to let it do its work. So that's why we do these things every week. Not because it's not going to become a routine and religious. It may. It may for some and it may not for others, in, even in the same service. But our hope is that we'll be able to do the heart work as we get into it. And as we get to those places where we're just tempted to go, well, our Father, and just kind of phone it in. We don't want to do that with our hearts. But today we are in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we've already done our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We've talked about thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today we are at this request. Give us this day our daily bread. So that's verse 11. This line in the Lord's Prayer, and at least in the ESV translation, is seven words, and yet it says so much to us. As we pray them, uh, it says a lot about us a lot about how we feel and what we believe about who God is. These words help strip back all our prayer requests to the very essential core things. 
And it helps ground our lives in God that he may not always give us what we want. Even good things that we pray for. Even things as we talked about last week, things that we talked about like thy will be done. What is God's will? We talked about that huge question a little bit last week. So we, some things like God, it says in scriptures, God desires all men to be saved or all people to be saved. Um, so some of these people we've been praying for for a long time, right? We don't know what God's doing in their lives. But at the same time, he does take care of our needs. We're sitting here today. I'm sure that most of us have food or at least coffee in our belly, right? And we have um, stuff going on. And so we have permission from Scripture and from Jesus to pray for so many different things. And as we ask, we can pray in faith that we are asking for things that are within God's will for our lives. But with give us this daily bread, we know that we're asking God to simply sustain us. Help us get through another day, Lord. No fluff, no extra stuff. It's just let us live today. Provide my needs for what I need within the day. And as we pray this, we are declaring to our souls that we are needy and dependent on God. That he is our our father and we believe that he is good. We believe that he hears us. Even in this request, we believe that he will provide for us our needs for the day. Again, maybe not all we want, right? And this is where some people, we need to come to grips with that, that it's not everything that we want. But as long as we live today, the Lord is in this day and Lord willing, he will give us the next day as well. In a way, we are, as we pray this, we are acknowledging who it is that is giving up us the gift of today. So, so many of the Psalms actually do this thing where they, where they pray, they pray a word, but it's also thanking God for what came before. And it's asking for his provision for right now and asking for it in the future as well. And so there's a sense of that here and give us this day, our daily bread. Lord, thank you that you've let me live this thus far that you've given me these 45 and a half years to live. And Lord, will you please sustain me yet through another day? And so James 1, 17 says this, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And when we pray this, we are recognizing that. Lord, thank you. Our Father, thank you for giving us this that we have today. So we can, in our mind, we can know and understand that it is God who sustains us. We know that it is Jesus that upholds the world. uh, Colossians 1 and Hebrew 1 says that Jesus is upholding the universe by the word of his power. So Jesus is speaking life and that life is sustaining us. It's his words that are going out into our lives and keeping us around. And now we give a word of acknowledgement that every molecule, every atom, Jesus holds together. He holds together the grand Tetons in all their glory and the mitochondria that makes up ourselves. This is what Jesus is holding together. This is what God gives us as he sustains us this day. And as we pray this, we are taking what we know to be true and we're declaring it out loud speaking it out gives these words powers to help keep our souls humble before the one who sustains us
And even as we get to believe and declare, to pray this wonderful truth, we are saying, God, we believe that you know us, we believe that you see us, and we say that we need you, and please provide what we need. We can't do this life without you. We can't do today without you. And I think that this is a hard uh, prayer to understand for us, particularly in the the Western world, uh, particularly in uh, people who rely on our wealth. It's hard to pray uh, to pray and understand this with refrigerators and pantries that are full, right? It's hard to pray this in sincerity with money and savings and rent or mortgage paid up for the month. It's hard to pray this too many times. We rely on something other than God for our daily sustenance, at least in practice. And we have what we need for today. And pretty much we have enough for tomorrow stowed away. We might not be able to like last. Remember when COVID hit and we were all homebound and it's like, oh my gosh, how much provisions do I have? How long is this going to last? Like we may have enough to survive three weeks or six months or three months or whatever, maybe years to come. But today is taken care of and we could stretch it out a week or so. But when we come to this prayer, we are recognizing that not only our need for forgiveness for our sins, but also the need for daily sustenance. We need to keep existing to carry out. Remember, we're saved on two good works. We need sustenance to carry out the good works that God has for us in our lives or just the just just to live and love on those people around us. So give us this day our daily bread isn't just a great prayer for poor people. That's how I thought about it many years ago. It is a prayer for rich and poor alike, those who don't have much to eat and those who whose bellies are full. Those who don't know where their next meal or their shelter for the night is coming from and those who are, are resting secure in those things. Those who are displaced or homeless and, and think about all the refugees in this world right now are those who are rooted. This prayer is for all of us. Those who have just lost their jobs or haven't been able to find a way to provide for their family and those with good jobs and good paychecks. We're all in the same boat on this. We all need to be sustained by our good God and Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be his name. Even if we're in the same boat as far as our neediness, is con- that's concerned, even if we are rich and not poor, we are on equal footing needing to thank God and ask God for our needs for today. And in this, we are saying that we can't know all that we need today. We can't know all that we need today. We can't take for granted the gifts that God wants to give us. And we are being reminded that it isn't us who provides for ourselves. It is ultimately God who gives and we who receive the gifts that today has in it. The first, I love that the first hearers of this world, word lived in a different world. And sometimes taking a picture of their, uh, of, or seeing a picture of their world helps remind us. It is, uh, it worked differently than ours. Their jobs and their money and how they were paid worked a little differently than we live. And so many of the jobs, even if they were steady jobs, even if someone would go out and they'd work a steady job, they were paid out daily. They'd be 
They'd work the day and then they'd come and they'd receive their money and then they'd go away. And so it was daily income, right? And you you hear this often in scripture, a day's wages. Well, everyone knew what a day's wages was. It was like a denarii or something like that. Everybody knew that this was a day's wages for this certain type of work. And if you work a day, at the end of the day, you get your daily wages. Then you'd go home and tend your crops or field, or you'd go into town or purchase what you need, or you'd save the money if you didn't need to spend it that day. There's actually um, an academic debate that actually rages around these words that are prayed. And even if you went on to like the ESV online, there is a one by this verse, right? And if you click on the one, it offers this separate translation as well. These words in English here are asking for today, the things that we need for today, for this day, the debate, debate that scholars believe that the word would be more like an, like kind of like an evening prayer. Give us enough for the following day. Provide for us tomorrow. In other words, give us enough for tomorrow. Like we've made it through the day. As of today, I'm alive. Now, will you, Lord, will you help me with tomorrow? God, go ahead of me and prepare the day that you have for me after my sleep and you give me the day if you give me the day you must sustain me through it now we all know that i'm not smart enough to weigh in on academic debates on which word needs to be placed there as well and i don't know what english translation is most accurate to the original way that they lived and all that kind of stuff but i do believe that knowing both of these ideas give us this day or give us tomorrow I know that both of these ideas can help us pray. Even as we pray for tomorrow, we're not looking into the distant future. We're not like 10 years from now, Lord, do this, that, and the other. But it's today and tomorrow. Take care of us, Lord. We know that tomorrow is not promised, but if we do live it, we need God for you to provide in it. So here in this prayer, we are praying that our hearts will be prepared and our hearts will be cultivated to trust in God our Father. God wants us, and and this is clear throughout the entirety of Scripture, God wants us to trust Him fully on the daily, not just for spiritual things, but for food, for health, for the breath that is in our very lungs. God wants to sustain us in all this. And this prayer helps us practice our dependence on God for all things big and small. All things that we might take for granted, we are humbled through this prayer and reminded that they are gifts that help make up the day. And I love that this prayer shows us that we are not independent from God and His provision. Amen? I think about all the good things that we already have in our lives. Maybe it's something that we've had for years. So the kind of the example that I, I thought about this was like with me and my guitar. So this particular guitar I've had for give or take 20 years. I've plant, played countless hours on it in the past. I've written a number of songs with it. But it is also a gift from God to me today. I get to count it as a gift from today. I get to receive joy from playing it. I'm able to not only lead worship, but who knows, I may go home and play it for some time. I've already played it for like uh, probably 45 minutes this morning, just practicing and, and uh, playing some of the things that I've written and dinking around on it. I've played it for years, and it is a blessing that God has given me today because it's brought me joy. It's sustained me. It actually, like before church, I play it so that I can get my mind right on, on who Christ is and who he is in our lives. 
but it's God's provision that I have it today. And so in that, yes, it's something that I have, but I'm still dependent on his goodness and his grace for this gift. Now for me, I'm just using this guitar as an example. I could use my family, my kids, my cars, whatever it may be. And I don't know what that is for you, but we are not independent from the gifts that God gives. We get to use these gifts to bring him glory and acknowledge that all things in material and spiritual are thing, gifts to help us live the day that God has for us. The truth is, is that we don't know what we need today or tomorrow. We have no idea what's going to happen this, this afternoon. We can make pretty good educated guesses based on things that we've lived. But this day is the day that the Lord has gave. And so let us rejoice and be glad in it no matter what may come. We don't know what this day or what tomorrow will bring. I believe that every day is a gift and every life a miracle. We don't get to take this for granted. We can humble ourselves and realize that our dependence on God for our life today, and if he gives it tomorrow, we as Christians, we live as dependent people. We are dependent on the mercy of God, who is our Father, who art in heaven. So this prayer request, give us this day our daily bread, unlike so many other prayer requests, is time dependent. Give us this day, Lord. Or even if it's tomorrow, like give us this day. Like there's a 24 to 48 hour window there that we know. And we know uh, um, we know that God works outside of space and time. Amen. We also know that he works within it as well. All we have to do is live and we will find out that God's timing and our timing is not always the same. Amen. Like in uh, much to his benefits, but not all of our wants that we have are needs. And God and our Father in heaven, he knows this and he discerns this better than we do. He is, however, aware of time and he does give us what we need to make it through the day. Even if it doesn't always feel like it, he does. He knows the way of this day and he knows the shape of our life far better than we do. And so we get to let him do that. And we all have unanswered prayers that might feel like needs. It might be, we might be very desperate in this prayer. Maybe in the long run, they are desperate. But even if they remain unanswered for the day, even if we want to know if they are within God's will or not, but we, we can pray these things, but we also know that what we need, what we absolutely need is given. What we want we may need to continue to wait for. And this is why I say that God knows what we need far better than what we do. Right? He knows what we need to strengthen us and lead us. He knows how to provide for our needs. He knows that we need faith and hope. And these things are grown in our lives. And they are grown through waiting as we rely on the Lord, as we wait for Him. Waiting actually helps us learn how to trust God. It isn't easy, but I think about it like this. It's like a muscle that has grown. When you're doing the exercise, it's broken down. And in the waiting, it is healed and made stronger. And then the muscle will be exercised again and be able to lift more or do more. And faith and hope grow like muscles. It isn't easy. Sometimes it hurts. There may be sweat and tears and grunts and groans of exhaustion, but God is still at work. 
The ability to hold on is a gift that God gives us in his grace, and he needs to renew that each day as well. God wants us to trust him for all things. For, for us who know that he has us, he is doing something in his life. He is doing this for his glory and for our good. And our daily bread, what we need today, and sustenance for tomorrow will help us in this task if we let it. Because the truth is, we don't have to let it. What happens oftentimes, and some of us, probably all of us are guilty of it from time to time, but we can steal the glory and the work that God wants in our lives. We can believe that we are the ones that provide for ourselves. We can look at all that we have and say, look what I've done. Look at, look at what I've done. We can pray this in a way that is just words and never let it impact our hearts. Or we can, we can let give us this day our daily bread work in us dependence on God and gratitude. Acknowledgement and, and just being honest of our need for him. So here in, at Grace and Mercy Church, we take communion every week. right? We are reminded that Jesus said that he is the bread of life. I was going to say the what in life, but he also said he's the water, the light, right? He said a bunch of things, but here in this context, he said he is the bread of life. We, we just read that this week as a family in John chapter six, he goes into this big long thing about how he is the bread of life. We are also reminded that his blood was spilled so that we might be freed from sin. But not only that we might be freed from sin, we need this as well. And we'll get into this more next week, but He also gives us the things that we need, both physical and spiritually, to be sustained every single day. We will get into forgiveness from our sins next week in in way more detail. But this sustenance that we are talking about here is a daily occurrence that we need. I would argue that it's moment to moment, right? As we break it down, as we actually think about it, we need breath. We need our hearts to pump. We need our brains to fire on as many cylinders as we can possibly imagine right now and it is but it the cool thing about this is is like i think the gnostics used to teach that the physical and the spiritual are separate and that god only cares about the spiritual and this prayer shows us that he does care about the spiritual but he also cares about our physical needs as well and so uh in that not one over the other but Together, God is sustaining both our physical and our spiritual and mental, all that, our well-being. So we can pray this. Our Father, please sustain us. Give us this day all the bread and all the grace that we need for this day, for tomorrow. And God sent his son Jesus to die in our place, to take all of our sin even the ones of today upon himself and die in our place, in the place of all our sin. And then Jesus does this. He takes our unrighteousness and he gives us his righteousness. He makes us right before the face of God. So even in those areas where we're not thankful for the gifts that we have for the day, we're not acknowledging him. Jesus still died for this. He died for the spiritual, but also for the physical. So every breath, And every meal is a gift from God, our good Father. And again, we may have unanswered prayers that we are still wondering about, but let us not forget that we are his children, that he sees us, that he knows us, that he's a good father. 
He wants good for us, amen, and he is working it out in our daily lives. And I love the fact that scriptures show only bits and pieces of Jesus' lives. Sometimes it reads like an action, like it's just like, and then, and then, and then, and Jesus did this, but it covers three years and it's only like 12 pages or right. It's only 25, 26 chapters, 28 chapters in Matthew. Like it, it's not a lot. We're left wanting what happened on Thursday, you know, like in the third year of his ministry. We don't know, but we can know this, that God sustained him, that God allowed him to get to those kind of those highlight moments that were highlighted in the scriptures. And he's doing the same for us in the day to day. So let us trust this and believe this. So, Father, we thank you that you are a good father. We thank you that we can rely on you. We thank you that you give us our daily bread. Lord, we thank you that you take care of us physically, that it's not something where you're, you just want us um, um, spiritual, but Lord, you want to take care of us physically as well. So Lord, help us, be with us, and give us this day our daily bread. In Jesus' name, amen.